plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Locked on Giants. I'm your host, Art Stapleton of The Record. It is Thursday, June 8th, 2017. You can read all my coverage of the New York Giants on NorthJersey.com and in the print editions of The Record and across the USA Today network. So, Giants, were back at it. OTAs today. We were not in attendance, we being the media. So, we'll have, as I promised, today will be a uh, reflection show, kind of my takeaways from yesterday. Uh, Hopefully you click on NorthJersey.com and read my five takeaways from the interview sessions with Ben McAdoo's coaches. Uh, Please do that, but also kind of elaborate a little bit on here today, on today's show. Uh, I know some of you are getting tired of talking about Odell Beckham Jr., Uh, According to his Twitter account, he is in New York uh, doing a fan get-together at uh, Verizon in Bryant Park this evening. That's Thursday evening. Um, So he's in in the area. So uh, as I wrote yesterday, I expect to see him on Tuesday at the facility for the minicamp. I've been told that that is the plan. Uh, And that has not changed Obviously, Kim Jones of NFL Network a couple weeks ago reported that he was going to be at minicamp. And as I reported yesterday, that remains the plan despite all of the reports yesterday that this absence from OTAs was some sort of contract holdout. Uh, But that's where we're at. So I'll be back out there on the facility tomorrow. Have a couple things cooking, so hopefully you guys will enjoy that. Appreciate the response to the B.J. Goodson story from last week. Uh, A lot of views on the website, a lot of positive feedback, so really appreciate that. Uh, And obviously when we posted the post Friday morning, the players to watch in OTAs for Friday uh, drew the most views that we've had in the last week and a half. So um, appreciate it. Thanks for uh, clicking and reading, and glad you enjoy the coverage and uh, the content, and hope to keep delivering for you. Uh, So takeaways at the OTAs. A little crazy when you, as I detailed yesterday in the show, when you meet up with the assistant coaches, it's kind of a, a pinball effect where you're going from one coach to the other. You really have to prioritize. I spent some time with Patrick Graham, uh, with Bill McGovern, uh, Graham, obviously the defensive line coach, Bill McGovern, the linebackers coach, spent some time with Dave Merritt. Uh, that was really the defensive side. And then on the offensive side of the ball, talked to Kevin Gilbride, a little bit of Adam Henry, Mike Solari, uh, and kind of bounced around a little bit of Craig Johnson. Uh, and that's kind of where we ended and the session we kind of ran out of time so you're trying to trying to build some sort of rapport with the assistant coaches and kind of get a sense of where things are 
like I said yesterday, even not even for uh, for copy or content, but just for knowledge and try to figure out what's going on. So my takeaways, as I wrote today, uh, number one really was talking to Kevin Gilbride. Uh, and he's not a junior, but he is the son of the former Giants offensive coordinator who won two Super Bowls with Tom Coughlin. So if there is any confusion for anyone who's listening, that is the son of Kevin Gilbride, the former offensive coordinator. I think he uses his middle initial uh, to differentiate because he's not a junior. But uh, either way, Kevin Gilbride's been on staff uh, for a while now, and uh, he really does a good job. I know I've mentioned in the past, you know, they've gotten – They've gotten a lot out of their tight ends uh, without much investment in those tight ends. Uh, and he took over from Mike Pope, uh, the legend, uh, the only one in the organization on the coaching staff level with, with four uh, Super Bowl rings, all four that the Giants won, all four Vince Lombardi trophies that the Giants won. Mike Pope had a part in that. So uh, special guy, Coach Mark Bavaro. Uh, when he left a couple years ago, Kevin Gilbride took over. Talk about big shoes to fill. Uh, he stayed on and was rehired by Ben McAdoo to stay on here with the Giants, and I think he's done a very good job uh, with the tight ends. Uh, Gilbride, you know, I joked with him almost immediately. The idea that he he's had undrafted guy after undrafted guy after undrafted guy and then a sixth-round pick uh, in Jarrell Adams last year. This is the year they finally give him a first-round pick in Evan Ingram, uh, and he kind of laughed and his eyes lit up, and he said, look, you, you got to coach them all the same. You recognize that the talent disparity between a first-round pick and an undrafted guy might be different, so you have to coach a first-round pick one way and you would coach an undrafted guy the next he said but across the board you don't teach the skills any differently which i thought was interesting uh but one of the uh one of the quotes i i stuck out to me and then i made sure that i um i put in my story and my takeaway story today which i thought was was pretty impressive was the idea of Evan Ingram and is he a blocker and you know everybody's kind of debated that you know Ingram's not a blocker and he's not he's not a guy who can play the traditional tight end and I've made the argument that they're not going to be looking for him to play the traditional tight end role Uh, do they want defenses to respect the fact that he can play that role absolutely uh, they're not just going to put him on the outside and say, go play wide receiver. Uh, but they're also not going to put him into a position, as Mark Ross said on draft night, you know, we don't want him to play 60 snaps as the inline tight end. Then we're not taking advantage of his greatest strength, which is his speed and his playmaking ability down the field. So what Gilbride told me about Ingram, which I thought was uh, really an interesting point, he said throughout the draft process, and then when he finally got a chance to meet Evan Ingram, what they liked about him most is the fact that he understood run concepts, even though he wasn't asked to participate in them at Ole Miss. And the quote that Kevin Gilbride gave me, which obviously you can read in the story, but I'll reread here, 
is that he's very versatile. The fact that he can get into a three-point stance, he can come off the ball and scoop block with the offensive tackles on the front side of zone, that he's got a skill set, and he was asked to do some things that are complicated in the run game at Ole Miss. So he has a great comprehension of how to execute difficult blocks from a schematic standpoint that people with the naked eye might not recognize. Now, I thought that was very interesting. I mean, it speaks to his ability to pick up the playbook and to understand what the Giants may be trying to do in certain run schemes. You mentioned the zone, you know, the idea of zone, zone, outside zone, inside zone reads. Uh, That will help down the road uh, for him to have more of an impact. Now, Ben McAdoo said it to us last Friday. The idea is it's... You want matchups. And then he reiterated at the town hall on Wednesday night the idea that when you're talking matchups in this league, you you don't want teams to be able to zero in and figure out ways to stop you based on your tendencies. And for the Giants last year, that was their biggest problem. They were too predictable, and people kind of knew what they were running when they put certain personnel on the field. A lot of it was 11 personnel uh, with three wide receivers because the Giants felt as though that was their best lineup. Uh, and it was one of those things where our best will beat your best. Now, obviously, that did not transpire, and the offense sputtered for much of the year. And they really didn't have answers to go to uh, when they tried to go multiple and see if they can put in different things. You know, they put in Dwayne Harris as a blocking wide receiver, and teams knew the run was coming. You know, that never changed. Uh, And I think they've tried to be more versatile, at least early on this year, to put the pieces on the field to be able to play a little bit differently. Uh, And that, obviously, they need to uh, employ that. So uh, the thing about Ingram, you know, I've gotten a chance to meet him a couple times now since he's been drafted. Uh, Really seems like a grounded kid. Seems like he fits in well with this team uh, and I'm anxious to see him out on the field uh, in pads to see what kind of presence he can have we know his speed we've seen it in the shorts and shells uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing him out on the field and I know Giants fans are too so if ever if Evan Ingram can play different positions at tight end I think that's just going to change the complexion of this offense and obviously that's what the Giants are counting on um, so that was one takeaway. Uh, the other takeaway, when I talked to Mike Solari, when we had a group in front of him, you know, he talked about Eric Flowers and Bobby Hart and how they worked together and had a little bit of a competition in the offseason. I thought what was interesting is that it sounds like the Giants kind of laid the gauntlet at the feet of Flowers and Hart before the offseason started. Uh, According to Solari, Aaron Wellman, the strength and conditioning coach, uh, really created a plan for both of them suited to what the Giants wanted to see from each of them. I think with Eric Flowers, it was about slimming down and kind of changing his body that way uh, in order to be more agile. Um, I think with Bobby Hart, it was more strength. He needed to get stronger in the weight room. So Wellman created these plans for them, and even though they weren't working directly with the Giants coaches in the offseason, the fact that they were in the Giants weight room and working out here, that is what the team is encouraged by. Now, Solari was up front and said, look, 
right now you hope that everything they did in the weight room and everything they're doing in OTAs will translate over to the field in training camp and then it translates into preseason games and then into regular season. But there are no guarantees that it's going to be. The challenge is still there for Eric Flowers and Bobby Hart to continue that progression, continue that transition. And again, you can't predict where they're going to be. I know they're very confident that the Giants are confident that things are going to change uh, and that the offensive line is going to improve. But when it comes down to those two guys, you've got you've to gotta hope and you've got to keep watching and seeing how it translates. You know, once the pressure comes and the pads go on and the game goes, you know, conditioning is a big part of it too. You know, Eric Flowers, his technique flaws, uh, they've been well documented and talked about since he was in college. When those flaws show up, are usually in a game, uh, late in games, or if it's a long drive, you know, you start seeing that you revert back to bad technique when you're tired or when you're, you put pressure on yourself. You know, that's what they're trying to correct. As Solari said yesterday, the biggest thing with Flowers is when the pressure goes on and, you know, you're in a game, what do you revert back to? What is your base technique? And if you have flaws in your technique, you revert back to that. And I think that's what the Giants have tried to change with Flowers uh, in that what he reverts to, uh, if he reverts back to his bad habits, you've got to try to do something about those bad habits. So we'll see what happens. But that right now, I think you have the competition at right guard with John Jerry and DJ Fluker. But I think right now, uh, Bobby Hart and Eric Flowers are the tackles. Uh, I do think Adam Biznawati will compete at right tackle. I don't think there's any question about that. I think that's where he's going to put the pressure on. Uh, If he can develop quickly or quick enough, I don't think they'll put him right in there. But if you're talking week three of the preseason and Hart has struggled, it wouldn't surprise me one bit to see Adam Biznawati at right tackle. Uh, as, my, as far as the other offensive linemen uh, that aren't named Pugh or Richburg, uh, it's too soon to tell or where Chad Wheeler is, where Jessamine Dunker is. I mean, these guys are out here. They're participating. But uh, you got to see them in live action, uh, at the very least in training camp when there's some hitting involved. Right now it's really shadow boxing uh, in practice, and it's hard to get a read as to where they are. So uh, that's those kind of those were my biggest my two biggest takeaways for from the uh, assistant coaches. We'll have more stuff over the course of the next couple weeks. Obviously, rookie mini uh, rookie mini camp, veteran mini camp with all the rookies, all the veterans. It's mandatory next week, so it's the first time that the Giants can actually uh, penalize a player if they're not in attendance. So I would expect to see Odell Beckham Jr. I would expect to see Olivier Vernon. Both players have given their uh, acknowledgement that they would be there. Uh, so that's where we're, uh, we're at. So hopefully, hopefully I, I had just enough Odell talk today to appease those who wanted to hear about Odell and just enough of the other stuff in order to be able to appease those who didn't want much Odell. So that's today's Locked On Giants. Before we go... I wanted to make sure that you guys knew. Let me get uh, 
call this up here and give it a give it a nice little read. If you just bear with me for a second. Join the Locked On Podcast Network. That is what we are a part of, Locked On Giants. Locked On Podcast Network is hiring a national sales manager. Be a part of the fastest-growing sports podcast network selling the NBA channel, NFL channel, and the entire network to national advertisers. If you have the skills, the perseverance, and the game to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, email LockedOnPodcasts at gmail.com with your resume. That is LockedOnPodcasts at gmail.com. So make sure you, uh, if you're interested, reach out to our bosses at the Lockdown Podcast Network and uh, see if you can uh, throw your hat in the ring and help uh, the fastest growing sports podcast network in the country, uh, your team every day, continue to grow. So we appreciate your, your listening at Lockdown Giants, and we'll talk to you tomorrow from East Rutherford, the... Uh, final OTA of the spring. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.